Welcome to the Apologia Podcast, the audio-only archive of the Apologia YouTube channel. Note that some content was designed to go with visuals, but the imagination can be a powerful thing. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a 5-star rating on the podcast app you're using now to help us reach more people. Or, since this endeavor is ad-free, consider going a step further and supporting us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash But for now, let's get to the episode, part of the Apologetic series, posted April 17, 2023, titled, How Do I Know If I'm Going to Heaven? Well, welcome. If you're watching this video right now, odds are you probably came from TikTok or some other social media platform. Or you stumbled into former Christian YouTube. And you want to know, what does it take to get to heaven? No, what I want to know is if there is a heaven. Until we know that, your question is like asking directions to Narnia, or the city of Atlantis, or Sesame Street. Welcome to Apologia, where a former Christian takes a look at the claims of Christians. Today, we're looking at Talon Michael of Revival Way Ministries. Hey, how you doing? If you're watching this, my name is Talon. A channel with nearly 3 million subscribers and a video with nearly 2 million views. And I'm about to show you the exact viral video strategy that took me from zero subscribers to over 2.9 million subscribers and how they actually all came in in less than 7 months. Talon is going to help us answer the question, how do I know if I'm going to heaven? Maybe you've been seeking God and you've been asking the Lord to give you a sign. Well, if that's you, this is your sign. Maybe, but how could a person tell the difference between God arranging events in a precise way to put your video in front of me versus just the YouTube algorithm sending you my way based on previous watch pattern? After all, it's the entire job of the YouTube algorithm to accurately predict what video you'd like to watch next. I got an iPad last week, did one search on how to find a certain setting, and wouldn't you know, suddenly YouTube starts suggesting a flood of iPad productivity videos to me, sensing this slight shift outside of my normal interests. If someone is seeking God and watches any God-related YouTube video, it's a simpler explanation to say that the algorithm would know to serve up your 2 million strong heaven video, then deposit that God specifically manipulated things to place it in your feed as a sign. That's the reality of things, even if God exists, right? You know, it was only five years ago that I was an atheist, but uh, somebody taught me about the reality of the Bible. When I was a Christian, I would have said that the reality of the Bible was accepting the contents of the Bible at face value. Assuming that everything you say is true. Or at least my interpretation of the face value. I evaluated the Bible by first assuming it was true. But later, I set out to demonstrate to myself that the Bible could be shown to be true without first assuming it. And I quickly found that the reality of the Bible was that it was a collection of books with very human origins, and that the Sunday school answers about who wrote them, when, how, and why, are half-truths at best, and sheer wishful thinking at worst. There's too much evidence and nuance behind that realization to get into in this particular video response, but I hope you'll decide if the claims of the Bible are true 
not by simply assuming that they're real. And the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief or the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That the devil's very real, and his intentions are to steal things from your life, to kill things in your life, and to destroy whatever he can in your life. The thief in John 10, 10 isn't as clearly indicating the devil as Talon claims. I'm the devil. Just two verses before, it says... All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. And it seems this large nebulous group are still the subject in this passage. And the devil of the Bible is a created being, without godlike powers like omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. Satan may wish you harm in a general way, but he can dedicate only one eight billionth of his attention to you personally. But it says right after that that Jesus, God, comes to give life and life abundantly. See, when you understand just that one Bible verse, you'll realize that God has an intention for you to live a good life, for you to be free from bondage, that you don't have to live life anxious or depressed or suicidal, but God actually has a plan for your life. The book of Job makes it clear that Satan is constrained to what God allows him to do. So it's clear that whatever God's intent for your life, his priorities are not your mental or physical health in this life. Christianity is filled with people who suffer bondage, anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. Talon is making promises that God does not necessarily intend to keep this side of heaven. To take you places that you never thought you could actually go and to eventually spend eternity with him in heaven. Revelation 21 seems to indicate that Christians will be spending eternity in the new earth, not in heaven. That's probably not important until we have some good evidence that either place is real. The reality is you can tell just by looking at the universe, just by looking at the earth, that this beauty of a planet and this universe did not create out of nothing. It's actually only the Christian creation story that posits a state of nothing from whence the universe sprang. Modern cosmology is entirely consistent in its observation that our particular instantiation of space-time had a beginning, but that matter and energy predates that event, in whatever sense before time is coherent. Talon appeals to beauty as evidence of a loving creator, but would that not mean that ugliness is evidence against the creator? Should we look for a creator god in mole rats, blobfish, tsunamis, cancer, Ebola, cruel predators, torturous parasites, extreme temperatures, and deadly poisons? Is this appeal meant to be selective and emotional? But as you continue reading in the Bible, you see that mankind disobeyed God. They went against what God had put in order. That's called sin. They willfully disobeyed God. And when they sinned against God, they ate from the one tree in the garden that he had created. He said, you can eat from all these other trees, Adam and Eve, but do not eat of this one tree, the knowledge of good and evil tree. If one takes the story literally, it's curious how Adam and Eve could have committed evil without having any knowledge of evil. And if they didn't have knowledge of evil, that means that God hasn't inherently written his laws on our hearts, as suggested in Romans 1. Because the moment that you do, you will surely die. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. But there came a day, kind of like today might be your day, where I was hungering for the supernatural. I was hungering for an encounter with the living God. And I said, you know what? If the God of this universe is real, if the God of the Bible is real, I want to encounter that God, Jesus Christ. And I began to seek out Jesus. Okay, so Talon admits that Jesus didn't present himself out of the blue, but that Talon was specifically on a quest for Jesus. What if, due to geography or familiarity or preference or any factor really, 
Talon had instead gone on an Ala quest, or a Buddha quest, or a Vishnu quest. Do you suppose he would have found confirmation for one of those instead? The Bader-Meinhof phenomenon, or frequency illusion, is a cognitive bias where once you notice or learn something new, you start seeing it everywhere. It's not that the thing suddenly appears more frequently, but rather your brain is now more attuned to it and actively seeking it out. This phenomenon can happen with anything, from a type of car, to a word, to a particular clothing style. Humans are pattern-seeking creatures, and if we set out with a conclusion in mind, we're almost certain to find it. Instead, I do my best to be a truth-seeking creature, which means saving my conclusions until after the evidence is gathered. It is much more difficult to do, but worth it if it is important to you that your beliefs align with reality. And one night I was at a worship night that my friend had invited me to. I was sort of skeptical, but I knew that in order for me to encounter God, I had to go all in. I had to make a decision to humble myself and say, you know what, if God really is real, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm just going to believe that I can have an encounter with him. Imagine if Talon approached other ideas in the same uncritical way. He would be purchasing timeshare condominiums in parts of the world he's never visited filling his body with a stream of expensive pills and potions without reading the ingredients, buying products on late-night TV without reading any reviews, getting into unmarked white vans on the promise of candy from a stranger. It may well be that the only people who can find God are those who are seeking God, but how can any God-seeker know for sure if they actually found him or if they merely connected unrelated stimulus due to their own psychological priming. And that's exactly what happened. I went to a worship night and I stood in the back of the room. I kind of stiff-armed everybody and I watched all of these Christians worship and pray and they spent time seeking God. And all of a sudden, it felt like liquid love just poured over my body. I've had very similar experiences of worship nights, particularly as a young man, where the dynamic of promised love and acceptance for the person at a formative identity-seeking stage of life is charged and heightened with mood lighting, sugar snacks, close proximity and touch, late hour of the day, stirring speeches, and bold promises, all set to musical cues, specifically ordered and designed, to send you on an emotional roller coaster. Later on in life, as I became one of the youth leaders and worship team members on stage, I didn't question the fact that we were knowingly and deliberately pre-planning all these individual manipulations in our worship night events in order to lead the students to an emotional stripped-down state where they could be primed to find God. But did we really lead them to God? Or did we merely manipulate them to buy into anything we were selling? I felt a peace that surpassed all knowledge. I felt this inward love and this joy that I'd never experienced before in my life. It was, it, there's no way it could be natural and had to be a supernatural encounter. Every first time experience is something you've never experienced before, but that doesn't require it to be supernatural. Every religion in the world has testimonies of this kind of affirming experience. And yet the conflicting claims ensure that not every religion can be true. On what basis can you say that your experience is supernatural, but someone else's similar experience is merely natural? Is it not more likely that 
all of the experiences are natural. And I encountered the love of God that night. And I knew that I was having an encounter with God and I decided to go all in. And shortly after that, I made Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior. I prayed that he would come into my heart to make me a born-again Christian. And I started my relationship with him. I don't doubt that Talon had a very powerful experience or that maybe you watching this felt strong emotions. To this day, I can recall the surge of emotions I felt at certain church events, altar calls, and most powerfully, at my baptism. How could I, how could you, know that we are correctly attributing these emotions to a god? Would the feelings not be the same for someone falsely attributing? So, I'm assuming that because you're watching this video, you're in a similar boat right now. Well, you're about to make the best decision of your life. I don't know where you are at watching this video, but I hope that you're about to make the most informed decision of your life. Don't make massive worldview sweeps on the basis of emotion. If God is real, interacting with our lives and the natural world, then he should be able to be demonstrated beyond the faulty intuition of a species whose pattern-seeking pareidolia brain sees human faces in clouds, toast, rocks, trees, and vegetables. But really quickly, before I pray with you, I want to go over a couple scriptures with you. Because at the end of the day, my opinion doesn't really matter. My experience doesn't really matter. The Word of God is what matters. Okay, now we're getting to something that we can do external tests on. We can see if the construction and content of the Bible holds up to scrutiny and has sufficient corroboration to accept it. It says here in Romans chapter 10, talking about people that want to be saved. People that don't want to go to hell. Because the reality is, there is a hell. All right. So the Bible tells us how to avoid hell. And Talon says that hell is really real. How do we know? The Bible teaches very clearly that there's a hell. Okay. But we're wanting to figure out if the Bible is real. So what the Bible has to say about hell doesn't help. We need to know if we can verify hell in some other way. Then maybe we can have confidence about what the Bible says about hell. But it also teaches that there's a way to escape hell, to spend eternity with Jesus, to repent of your sins, to turn away from your old life and give your life to him. Interestingly, people tend to accept a lazy definition of sin that just casually refers to anything we feel is wrong or is against social convention or strict rules. Meat without wine is also a sin. But in Christian theology, sin is more accurately described as the gap between what we do and what God wants us to do. So here's the thing. If God doesn't exist, then that gap can't exist and therefore sin doesn't exist until a God can be clearly demonstrated Sin isn't something we have to worry about. Once again, this is Christianity hijacking our feelings for its own purposes. This is the word of faith that we preach, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. There's no questions. If you're willing to confess Jesus as your Lord, if you truly believe it in your heart that he died for you, you will be saved. If I need to truly believe in the message of Jesus, it requires genuine intellectual assent to a set of propositions. But here's the problem. Humans don't get to choose what convinces them that a proposition is true. If God isn't willing to demonstrate sufficient evidence that he exists, there's nothing at all I can do to truly believe. This means that the responsibility is on God to provide evidence not for me to water down my epistemology to get there. It doesn't matter how willing I might be. 
and I'm very willing. And listen to this. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's actually with our brain that we believe things. What do you have for my brain? So the Bible teaches that there's something supernatural that happens when somebody believes in their heart and speaks out of their mouth. There's a supernatural action that happens, and it's called salvation. It's the action of faith. Some Christians will argue that faith is merely a synonym for trust, the way you trust that a chair will hold you up when you sit on it. However, other Christians used faith to mean believing in the absence of evidence. Let's see which one Talon means. You know, it says in Ephesians chapter 2 that we're saved by the grace of God so that no man can boast, but we're saved through our faith. So if we're saved through our faith, and Romans 10 shows us what that looks like, then faith is to believe in one's heart and to confess something with their mouth. Hmm. That verse is more closely associated with the lack of evidence kind. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse uh, 17, that any man who is in Christ has passed away, meaning all things have passed away. He has become a new creature. And that word in the Bible actually means a new species. So when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you actually become a totally new species. Species in what sense? In biology, a species is a group of living organisms that can interbreed to produce fertile offspring. Christians and non-Christians can still produce children together, so that can't be what you mean. The word katesis here is more of a foundation, often in the founding of a city or institution. I think this makes much more sense in the verse. You build the rest of your life upon whatever you understand Christianity to be. It's a worldview, and like any adopted worldview, there's nothing supernatural needed to understand it. And I can attest to it. I mean, I got kicked out of college twice for partying, for bad grades. I mean, I was a crazy man, but I believed the Bible. And I became a born-again Christian, a totally new man. I walked away from my old life of partying, of drugs, of women, of all that stuff. I walked away forever, and now I live according to the Bible, and I actually preach the gospel. You would have never thought, but this is a walking miracle right here. While my college experience and Talon's were worlds apart, it doesn't require supernatural intervention to become dissatisfied with life choices and mature into other ones. Again, there are transformed lives with every religion, every self-help guru, every brush with mortality, and in every maternity ward. This is not a miracle. It's a part of life. And if God can do it for me, God will do it for you. But God hasn't done it for me. And I've asked a lot of times. This doesn't seem to be a guarantee. Now, if you say right now, Talon, I believe you. I believe your story. I believe that you believe your story but it doesn't sound like you've given any serious thought to your attribution of events. I believe Jesus is the Son of God, and I want to make him my Savior. I want to give my life to Jesus, and I want to spend eternity in heaven. I don't think we've yet established that there even is a heaven. Before I get on a submarine to Atlantis, I'd like some reason to think the destination is there. If that's you right now, I want you to pray this very simple prayer with me, and we're going to believe that God's word is true. Rather than just believing? Would it be possible for you to demonstrate that the Bible is true? Truth is that which conforms to reality, so if the Bible reflects reality, we don't need to blindly believe it, right? This is what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes wherever you're at and lift your hands up toward heaven in a posture to receive. Research has shown that engaging in expansive, open body postures can increase levels of the hormone oxytocin, which is associated with feelings of trust and relaxation. 
and decrease levels of the stress hormone cortisol. So you can just follow me. This isn't just copying my words. This is believing what we're saying together. This is praying to a living God. You're not just speaking randomly. God hears this prayer right now. An omniscient God would equally hear anytime you're just speaking randomly. So you're covered either way. And amen. I believe if you just said that prayer, you just felt a heavy weight lift off of you. The same way I did when I gave my life to Jesus. I remember it felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders and on my chest. But when I prayed and I gave my life to Jesus, he took all that off of me. Any act of meditation or focused mindfulness can have the benefits of comfort, gratitude, reduced anxiety, stress relief, and renewed feeling of control. These studies, among many others, reveal that mere mindfulness has the same positive psychological effects as prayer. Again, Talon may be misattributing his positive feelings to something supernatural when no supernatural explanation is needed. Well, if you just said that prayer with me, congratulations. The Bible says if even one person turns away from their old ways and gives their life to Jesus, then all of heaven rejoices. So I believe all of heaven is throwing a party for you. Is this kind of like a cake in the break room situation? Find a church that teaches the Bible. Don't find a woke church that's preaching that you can like live however you want. No. They were not, as the kids say, awake. Do you mean woke. I didn't mean woke, but it's grammatically incoherent. So find a good church and make sure that you stay plugged into my teaching. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. Make sure that you listen to what I put on this channel because I do my best to build you up in the spirit to train you in the ways of God. Oddly, his channel now seems to be as much about selling his YouTube consulting service as it is about Christianity. I'm going to finally reveal to you how I go viral on YouTube shorts, TikToks, Instagram reels, any short form content. The strategy I'm going to give you today is the bread and butter. And if you want to know how to make viral content, I want you to type in the chat, I'm going to go viral and to, uh, to live right so that we end up in heaven together. You can book a free strategy call down below and we'll see if we're suited to work together. There's going to be people that try to convince you that all of that stuff is crazy, that you're nuts for going the way of a Christian. They're going to probably say something like you're involved in a cult. I'm telling you what, I've heard it all. Don't listen to them. If people you know and trust think that you're in a cult, you should at least consider that you might be in a cult. Sometimes other people can see our circumstances from a more objective perspective. Ask them for their reasons for saying this and try to evaluate yourself honestly. Well, I love you. God bless you. Thanks for watching this video. Share it with a friend that needs to be born again. Jesus is coming back very, very soon. You didn't provide any reason to think heaven is real. You can't just throw Jesus is coming back very, very soon in there and run away. Adios. Okay, I guess you can. If you'd like to see more videos where this former Christian takes a look at the claims of Christians, tap on the video on screen now, and I'll see you over there. Until next time, later.